dynamic diversity Bringing us together like we're supposed to be Dynamic magazine We're all different but we can learn from each other Dynamic Diversity Unfiltered. Dynamic Leaders for a Changing World Magazine's premier podcast. We bring you the voices of today's renowned societal leaders and average folks talking about what they do, how they got there, and what they're thinking about in the controversial world of diversity, inclusion, and race relations. In this episode, I think that surrounding ourselves with the finest talent and maintaining the right corporate, corporate culture has been a key element in our success. We speak with Rafael Marrero about his role in the synergy and growth of minority businesses. Minority businesses often face many challenges on their way to building a noteworthy brand. CEO and founder of Rafael Marrero and Company tells Dynamac how he navigated these tricky waters to become a fast-growing business among those that have an established brand. Okay, so the first question I have for you are where is where where are you originally from and what did diversity mean in that community? Sure. So um I'm um I'm of Latino Hispanic origin. My uh my ancestors are originally from Spain and uh my children are born in the United States, so they're Cuban American and I'm Hispanic American. Okay. Diversity in, in that community uh, means a lot because uh, we, we uh, in the Caribbean we've received a lot of uh, a lot of influence from from multiple people uh, in the in the world. We have uh, we have uh, African, we have uh, Spanish, and we have indigenous blood. Um, and so from that, a very diverse and rich culture has been born and uh, and produced the societies that we have today. Okay. And where did you go to school? What was your major and why? Okay. I, um, I studied at uh, Cornell University and, uh, and Stanford University. And uh, I studied uh, project management and advanced project management at the School of Engineering and, uh, <clears throat> and business at the Johnson School at Cornell. Um, I wanted to, uh, to become a, a, a project manager and to help uh, – to help uh, launch successful initiatives in the private sector, uh, specifically in the construction arena and in, in uh, renewable energy. And that's what really led me to, to study project management and to become a, uh, uh, a project management executive and a project executive. Okay, tell us about your recent working experience at Mastec. Sure, um, uh, Mastec was a, was a very, uh, it was one of those uh, uh, life-changing uh, opportunities for me. Uh, it's really where I cut my teeth professionally. It's where I gained a lot of my uh, experience as an executive. Uh, I held several roles at Mastec. Um, I started, you know, in the in in as uh, vice president of of procurement and business uh, technology, um, uh, business technology and procurement. Um, I, I also uh, carried out the role. So I, there I was responsible for 
all of the wireless uh, contractors and wireless spend. Uh, I did contracts with uh, Sprint, with uh, Verizon, with AT&T, uh, and these were very, very large contracts. Uh, I was also at one point deputy chief information officer for the firm <clears throat> and managed uh, its, its IT function for the corporate parent headquarters out in Coral Gables, Florida. Um, uh, I held various operational roles uh, in different divisions, specifically the telecom division. I was also most recently uh, chief of staff and vice president of vendor management for Mostec Network Solutions. And there I handled, uh, along with my team, we handled all of the vendors that, that provide services, uh, which are like 700 subcontractors nationwide uh, at a tune of more than $1 billion in contracts uh, for projects that directly support our customers, such as AT&T. Okay. And what is your role in some of the business ventures you are currently working on? Okay. Um, I, I, I lead the day-to-day -day operations for Rafael Marrero and Company. I'm the uh, uh, founder and chief executive officer, and um, <clears throat> in this role, I interface with clients uh, and their day-to-day -day needs. Uh, I, may, I manage the client relationships. I also, uh, for example, some of the things that customers um, contract us for is to, when they're doing due diligence in order to acquire another firm, uh, they hire my firm to do the due diligence and do the pre-acquisition uh, study and feasibility study to see if it's a good investment for their portfolio. So they they asked me to 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 vet out that vendor and thoroughly research them from a due diligence perspective. Um, once the companies are acquired, I also help with the integration of those companies into the parent company portfolio. So the post-merger uh, and acquisition integration portion is also something that we handle. Um, we've also done sizable construction projects. For example, last year, uh, we we helped build uh, one of the well uh, a 100,000 gallon per day uh, liquefied natural gas plant in Medley, Florida, and that was a 13 million dollar project that we delivered on time for one of our uh, corporate customers, which was uh, Primoris Services, and they were very pleased with the services that we provided and actually nominated us for Supplier of the Year as a result of that. Okay, wonderful. And what are some of the challenges you have faced as a business executive, and how have you navigated them? Well, uh, it's interesting because, number one, uh, being a small business owner brings its own set of challenges, as I'm sure you're aware. Um, funding is always uh, one of the, the, the main things, and always uh, recruiting the best possible talent to meet the needs of the, of the operations. Uh, resources are constrained, especially when you're a small business. The other factor is, uh, in some cases, you know, we've, we've experienced some, uh, some uphill battles when it, when it comes to competing against larger firms that have an established name brand. Uh, what we've done that really works well for us in order to uh, adapt and overcome in this uh, competitive client is to surround ourselves with the finest talent and, uh, and to try to round out our team with, uh, with uh, professional individuals that have the necessary background and skills to make us a top-notch firm. So I, we could not have gotten where we are today without recruiting the finest caliber individuals in the industry. So I think that surrounding ourselves with the finest talent and maintaining the right corporate, corporate culture has been a key element in our success. 
Okay, and with the recent immigration ban and custom policies implemented by the Trump administration, how do you think this will impact uh, small businesses? Well, um, with the recent ban, um, you know, we're, uh, we're of the opinion um, that uh, there are 500,000 uh, men and women who have served uh, in the armed forces that are unemployed. And uh, we, we, for example, feel that uh, we should first give priority to, to individuals that have served in the armed forces and that we should start at home first um, by recruiting those individuals and training them for uh, positions that are of need right now. Uh, I'm not saying that we can fill every H-1B visa need and requirement through this, but we should at least give those who serve the country an opportunity to, to, to have one of the opportunities at jobs. Um, let's see, as far as, uh, as the immigrant ban, um, I don't think it's going to affect small businesses per se. I think the larger companies such as uh, Starbucks and others that were looking at uh, importing uh, talent via H-1B are the ones that would be mostly impacted by that. If anything, it creates a competitive opportunity for small businesses here locally to provide the services that uh, that are required here in America. Okay, and from your experiences, what are some of the challenges minority businesses often face, uh, and how would you recommend they overcome them in terms of getting contracts and um, get, just getting their name out there in order to get business mm -hmm. coming in? I think I think the, the the question of resources, you know, lack of lack of bonding and you know for for construction projects seems to be uh, a big challenge uh, uh, mm -hmm. cash cash is king in especially in the construction industry for a lot of my clients and what I've seen that they've done is number one uh, my recommendation is you know if, if, if your resources are limited set your sights on on smaller projects that you can fulfill and uh, and do a good job at without overextending your your, your reach um, and putting your your business at jeopardy. Uh, the other thing is uh, try strategic alliances. I think that there are a lot of uh, minority-owned companies that have a lot have have a lot to offer. And when you combine this the combined when you combine the strengths and the uh, the skills of several uh, minority-owned companies into a teaming agreement or strategic alliance, there's a lot. That, that can be accomplished. So I think that teaming and unity is very important, especially now in this financial climate and this day and age. Um, I think, you know, reach out to other companies, uh, look for companies that complement your skill set, and don't look at other MBEs and other minority business enterprises as your competitors, but rather as people to round out your team. I think that's going to be a very, very important part of the success strategy here. Um, I would also say, uh, say uh, look at uh, areas of, and opportunities where your core competencies can be leveraged. One of the biggest mistakes that I see, uh, at least in the government space for, for government contractors, is that they try to be all things to everyone. And, and uh, you really have to start by leveraging what is your niche. What are you better at doing than anybody else? That's what the government will need from you as a contractor so uh, focus on your strengths rather than trying to be that which you're not. And, uh, and you focus on that and deliver a quality product, chances are that the contracting officers uh, will, will like your, your service and will, will request your services uh, time and again. Okay. And do you, do you mentor? If so, in what capacity? 
we do a lot of mentoring. In fact, uh, we're, we have an, an active role in the community. Um, we've, we've been uh, supportive of, of several companies that are minority-owned businesses in the past. We've, uh, we've helped women-owned, veteran-owned, Hispanic-owned, African-American-owned, um, just in general, uh, minority business enterprises across the nation in different capacities. We've helped them with rewriting their business plans, with getting their media strategy redefined, with uh, proposal writing, with understanding what a good, effective capability statement is all about. There are many ways you can help without, without just getting, writing someone a check. Mentoring is the most important thing, and, and I'm glad you mentioned it because it's something that we do a lot of to give back to the community. Uh, on a weekly basis, I would say I would spend at least 10 hours a week mentoring, mentoring another business in the community. So it's a substantial amount of my time that I, that I invest and giving back. Okay, and how important do you think it is to recognize diversity in business? I think it's very important because, you know, we need to be inclusive, right? And, and it, it's just as important to be inclusive and to be effective. I think that we need to reach out to the, um, uh, we need to be, to reach out to get the best possible resources and not look within one specific group of people all the time. And that's, I think, the, 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 the essence of, of diversity. Um, you know, the United States federal government has a mandate of 23 cents on, on the dollar. 23% of all businesses uh, should be, of all opportunities, should be set aside for small business opportunities. And not a lot of people know this. 23 cents on the dollar is a, is a substantial amount of money for small businesses. And there are scores of different types of small businesses. That includes women. That includes veteran, that includes African-American, that includes uh, uh, small businesses that are in hub zones, that historically underutilized business zones. So there are programs out there, and I would strongly, strongly recommend that people do their homework and reach out to the Chamber of Commerce and reach out to their minority contracting associations uh, and, and, and get advice uh, on how to truly launch and grow their business with these opportunities. Okay, wonderful. And what advice would you give to young business executive hopefuls coming up, having yet graduated and looking to just make it in that area when they actually do? I'm sorry, can you repeat that question? I, I, I caught a part of it, I'm sorry. Okay, what advice would you give to young business executive hopefuls who haven't yet graduated but looking to make a, a significant amount of stride in that area? Okay, that's a, that's a great question. Um, and thank you for repeating that, by the way. I appreciate it. Um, mm -hmm. no problem. I, I, the, the advice that I would give is, is number one, um, look at uncovered needs and the opportunities. Um, look at the growing trends. Look at opportunities. Uh, one of the things we need to do is we need to look at the world as a canvas. And where can I be most effective and paint my, 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 where can I create my, my work of art? Uh, there are a lot of areas, uh, but if you look at the, the world as an open canvas where you can paint and, and create something new, that's really where, where, where they can be most effective. There, look at, my advice would be look at the growing trends in the economy, look at areas of uncovered needs, and turn those into business opportunities for yourself. Also, look at ways to synergize with your community. Look at creating sustainable business models within the community to give back 
and put money back into the community to create more jobs for your people. I think those would be the, the, um, the recommendations I would make. Okay. And the last question I have for you is what is next for you? What can we look out for? Well, you know, last year we were blessed through, through a lot of hard work. We, we accomplished uh, multiple uh, things. And in order to answer that question, I need to tell you a little bit about what we've done there. Last year, mm -hmm. we, we made the Inc. 500 list of America's fastest growing privately owned companies. And I'm very proud to say that there are 5,000 companies on that list. We were number, you know, we were in the, in the Inc. 500, which is the fastest growing 500 companies in the, in the United States. That's, that's a big accomplishment. Number two, we, we also uh, achieved what I deem to be a cornerstone. Culturally speaking, we were, one, we were voted one of the best, 50 best workplaces in America. And that to me is quite frankly, the, 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 uh, it's like winning an Oscar in management because it, it, it's, it's an honor for such a small firm to be considered, um, to be considered for that very prestigious award. I mean, they, they audited hundreds of companies and, and to be one of the 50 best places to work in America is a big, big achievement for us. And this is by Inc. Magazine. Um, the third, which I think was the, was, was the icing on the cake, was we were voted best minority supplier of the year uh, by the minority, you know, by the NMS, by the FSMSDC, by the Florida State Minority Supplier Development Council. So we were able to prove that we, we can grow rapidly, right, and be one of America's fastest growing companies. We can maintain the culture uh, and, be, and develop one of America's best places to work. And at the same time, we were one of the best suppliers in America as a minority-owned firm. So we, can, we, we didn't sacrifice speed. Uh, we didn't sacrifice quality by growing fast. We kept the right culture, and we provided a, a, a quality service to our large corporate mm -hmm. clients. And we were nominated for that award, by the way, by a large corporate client, a construction company. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's very important because it proves that as, as a minority-owned business that we can deliver a quality product without sacrificing anything and that we can play in the big leagues uh, through hard work, a lot of dedication and focus, okay? It, it proves beyond any, any shred of a doubt that small minority-owned businesses can, in fact, play with the big boys, so to speak, okay? And that we can, we can win and be successful, okay? So the next step for us is we're hoping to continue to do what we're doing now and, 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 and scale out and be able to develop uh, this in different cities across the United States and be able to provide more mentoring and more business opportunities for uh, for American minority-owned businesses here in America and to provide opportunities for our communities. That's really the, the end goal. I want to get more minority-owned businesses into government contracting. That is my mission. I want to make sure that more uh, minority-owned contractors get a, get a spot at the table and and are able to compete effectively because they have the right tools and they've got the right knowledge and the right team and the resources behind them to compete in today's economy. So I hope that answers your question, but that's, that's really what my goal is. Yes, that, that, that did answer my question. Okay. Well, that's all I have for you today, Raphael. Thank you again. And Thank you very much.
Thank you for listening. And remember, you can talk about making a difference, you can take action to make a difference, or you can join Dynamic in doing both. Until next time, stay blessed and be inspired.